Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. November has come and gone. It's December. December 1st, 2023. It's a Friday. Welcome in to the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Kuhn. On X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, how's it hanging? It's going great. Ready for the weekend? Yes, I do need to say happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday, happy mom. Happy birthday. Good to hear. Yeah, celebrating any type of way? Yeah, we're going over tonight to do some Christmas stuff. Okay. Hang the hang the ornaments on the tree, put up some lights, it'll be fun. Okay. That's not too early. You get into December, that's 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 fair. You already have it up at your house? We did. We actually put ours up last night. Okay. I had mine up before the family even came in town for Thanksgiving. We're 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 around Thanksgiving, but we don't have like a set date. We'll do it. We usually do it when we get a free day. Yeah, but anything else on the horizon for the weekend? Uh, Just watching some. I'm going to Zoo Lights tomorrow. Okay, that'll be cool. But yeah, watching a lot of basketball. Zoo Lights are great. They're the greatest, man. Come on, I love the zoo. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Um, but we have two hours to talk on the way courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. Usually three hours, but we're gonna have to get you out early for Grizzlies visiting the Mavericks. No Luka Doncic tonight. Looks like he had a baby. He had a child? Baby girl? Is that a thing? Scared of Vince Williams Jr. Oh, that, so that's what you're sticking to? Correct. Okay. Yes. Looks like he had a, a baby girl named uh, Habriella. So, good for Luka Doncic. But he will be missing tonight in that game. We're going to get you out there at 6 o'clock for the pregame show. 6.30 will be the tip, but we'll talk about it before we get there. Also need to open on Thursday night football. And then championship weekend. Championship weekend is upon us. We have Oregon Versus Washington tonight, Oregon trying to avenge their one loss of the year and go get themselves in the college football playoff. That's what this means. And I, I am I'm a little bit taken aback by the line, I have to say. I know it's in Vegas. I know it's neutral side. I know Washington has been in a is sort of free, flaw, free fall, if you will, even though they've stayed undefeated. But nine and a half point favorites for Oregon tonight, that's a that's hefty. That is hefty considering what Michael Penix and this Washington team was able to do to them uh, way back when, beating them 36-33. to 33. But we're also going to talk about um, Oklahoma State, Texas, and the Big 12 Championship, Georgia versus Alabama. Um, it looks like we may have an injury in the ACC Championship that will uh, hamper Florida State's chances. Okay, if the, if the backup quarterback may leave Florida State out of the uh, college football playoff, what about a third string? What do we think about that? I think it's very possible Not they lose good. to Louisville. I think it's possible. But yeah. if they win that game, I don't know by every metric they should be in. I don't think there should be an argument. I understand that the committee is supposed to get the top four teams in. But ultimately, if your metrics tell you, if the metric, metrics tell us that you're one of the top four teams in the country, you probably ought to be in the college football playoff. Much less winning in a Power Five conference a championship and going undefeated. That should get them in. But Tate Rotomaker likely out. We'll discuss that along the way. And uh, we're going to have a guy who's going to be participating in championship weekend on the show today. How about that? Barry Odom, head coach at UNLV, will join 
at 4.30, the bottom of this hour. They're going to go through a walkthrough at some point tonight, um, but they're going to be in Vegas. They're hosting it for the first time ever. This is the first time they've ever been in 25 years to a Mountain West Conference championship. But Barry Odom will join the show. Uh, He won the Mountain West uh, Conference Coach of the Year. He's a finalist for National Coach of the Year. They're going to play Boise State, who we've seen. We've seen. I think UNLV should be able to handle business. Um, But we've seen Boise State. That'll be Boise State versus UNLV in the Mountain West Championship. But we'll talk to uh, Barry before we get there. As far as guests are concerned outside of Barry, we have Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show and the Daily Memphian. Then 5.30, we'll get you some picks for championship weekend and a little bit in the NFL with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Before we get you out again early at 6 o'clock for Grizzlies at Mavericks. Now, Thursday night football last night. Um, the Cowboys finally beat a good team. I guess that's the good news. That's a good news. They won 41-35. to Dak Prescott was phenomenal. I'll get to him in a second. Um, but this is the first team they've beaten that's 500 or better, and they're 500 right now. They are 6-6, six and six, the Seahawks are. But that was an up-and-down game. I mean, they were absolutely pacing it. It was, it was strictly offense. Deron Bland, as much as you give him credit, I think he's on the short list for Defensive Player of the Year for what he's done and returning a bunch of pick sixes this year. I think he's up to five. For all good that he's done, that first half was a disaster for him. Targeted six times. Five catches, 137 yards, and a TD in one half. Now, did he redeem himself later? He got a pick? Yes. But Deron Bland, I think water finds its level. It has a way of finding its level, and it found its level for Deron Bland last night really early. Was it the best Thursday night game we've gotten so far this year? Eh, it was fun to watch. It was It was solid. I honestly think... Week one, Lions versus Chiefs. I think that's fair. It's way fair. up there. It's isn't, super isn't fair. It? It's kind of the opposite of what this game was. <laughs> yes. You know, that was more of a defensive battle when this one was just offensive fireworks. Now, I got a little bit of uh, caught a little bit of flack on the old Twitter machine last night because I point out when I'm watching the Seahawks, I understand the production is down for Geno Smith. Uh, uh, less yards he's thrown for after getting the contract. 15 TDs, 9 INTs. But one thing that just... I, I cannot get over. Geno Smith, his ball placement at times is absolutely insane. The one down the sideline to DK Metcalf, the touchdown for 75 yards to DK Metcalf on Deron Bland where he just sort of floated it right up over his hands, put it in one spot where DK could get it on the run. Geno makes some of the most arrogant throws I have ever seen, and I mean that in the best possible way. It's, it's, it's insane to see what he does. Night to night. Now, I don't think that uh, he's the type of quarterback that's going to will the Seahawks team into the playoffs and, and a bunch of playoff wins. But Geno Smith has, has, has shown us the last two years what he's always been capable of but never really had the opportunity to show. It, w- it was a lot of fun to see, but you're right. There was a mentality of DK's down there somewhere, <laughs> so I'm just going to let it rip. And, you know, as somebody who has Geno Smith as his fantasy quarterback this week— I was all for it. Yeah, and uh, DK Metcalf, that was, a, that was a good night at the office. Six catches, 134 yards. And Very three good TDs. Um, Three TDs. That's, that's a good night Pretty good. Office. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty What'd good. What'd you think of this celebration? Oh, uh, State of Business. Incredible. Yeah, One and of the he best signed ever. it. It was, it, was, it was at ASL. Yeah. That was pretty good. It was pretty good. I like that one. I think it's 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 a top one. It was one for subtle. Me. I thought it, it was, was great. subtle, but you have to understand what you're looking at. Subtle. I didn't but know powerful. until I didn't know what it was until I saw until I scrolled the the World Wide Web and saw what it. You're actually telling me meant. You, you don't know ASL? No, I don't. Okay. Do you? No. Okay, no. then why are you shaming me? I was me? messing with How you. How are you shaming me? How are you shaming me? Now, um, on to Dak Prescott. He's been phenomenal lately, guys. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm sorry. He's been so good. It's not even okay. The last four games, he has combined. He has combined for 13 touchdowns and one pick. If you date it back five games, that would be 16 touchdowns and one pick. So far this year, statistics are telling you Dak is having his best year in the NFL. And this is something we could have seen from the beginning of the year, getting Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb uh, being the certified number one receiver. By the way, he's second in receiving yards. So far this year, C.D. Lamb is a number one guy, and he had 12 receptions last night. You can just target him whenever you want, and he seemingly is always open. C.D. Lamb has shown that. 
But we could have seen this coming from Dak Prescott if you just sort of read the context clues. You have a decent O-line, uh, Tony Pollard taking lead back role, a lot of weapons on the outside. Now, here are his stats for the year. 70% completion percentage, 3,234 yards, 26 TDs to 6 INTs. He's rushed for 174 and 2 TDs. When you compare him side-by-side to the guy with the shortest odds to win MVP in Jalen Hurts, I understand Jalen Hurts is on a 10-1 team, um, but when you compare these stats side-by-side, Dak Prescott is the leader. He should be the leader in the MVP voting or MVP conversation right now. Jalen Hurts, 2,697 passing yards. Dak Prescott, 3,234 rushing yards. We know that Jalen Hurts has 410, um, a, a little bit more than, than Dak Prescott's 174. But then total touchdowns, 29 to 28 of Dak. INTs, 10 INTs for uh, Jalen Hurts, 6 for Dak. His QBR uh, eclipses Jalen Hurts by 12 points, and he's on a 9-3 and three football team. And what we've seen him do as of late, he has been efficient. He has been putting the ball where it needs to go. He has been unflappable when, when pressure gets to him. Dak Prescott right now, in my opinion, if we're being real with ourselves, is the MVP of the regular season in the NFL. And I never thought I'd be here talking about that. I never thought that this year would be that type of year because I thought Lamar Jackson would take off. Patrick Mahomes always has some good numbers. But here we are. Dak Prescott, I think, without question, should be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to the MVP of the National Football League. He should absolutely be in the conversation, you know, and I think that the stretch coming up for him, Eagles at Bills, at Dolphins, and against the Lions will really kind of solidify whether or not he is going to be the MVP of the NFL season. Because I agree with you. When you put the stats side by side, Jalen Hurts may have the better team, and I understand why he's in the conversation, but you can't deny what Dak Prescott is doing with the Cowboys. He's been tremendous for them this season. And the biggest thing that he is doing, and it's the big thing people were talking about heading into the season, it's he's taking care of the football. He's only got six interceptions. And he played. A, he beat his first decent team last night. And... Contrary to what we sort of talk about, what the narrative is around Dak, well, you get into these big games against good teams, and he tends to shrink. In that game, his defense shrunk massively. Geno threw all over the yard, making throw after throw, three TDs. They had the one INT from Deron Bland, which ultimately made the difference. But Dak Prescott went and won them that game last night. Like, that, that's not like – and that hasn't been a one-off. I know they've played some bad teams in this stretch that he's on. Um but he he genuinely won them that game on the road or at home, dealing with uh, dealing with the Seahawks. He handled business uh, like I like I haven't seen him do so far this year, and this really is the first time we've seen the Cowboys compete at the highest of levels. Now I do think defensively they have to lock in against teams like this. There's no way that once you get to the playoffs, Dak's going to be able to overcome something like uh, what Geno did to that defense, tearing them up all last night. But Dak Prescott, man. I know we're we're way into his career and all the you know it feels like the books already have been written about him, but I think he's writing a new chapter. I really do. Now I'm not going to go out there and say, oh well, it's it's different. This is a different Cowboys team. We've been saying that for the last 25 years. Everybody's been trying to push that for the last 25 years that they'll get over top, get to an NFC Championship, do all the things that they set out to do. I'm not ready to say that. They have to beat more good teams. And again, you said it: Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders. To end the year, we'll really see what they're made of in that stretch. But Dak Prescott, this is his be- this is the best football I have seen him play in his entire career. And I don't think it's relatively close. I don't think there's another stretch in his career. Maybe before he got hurt and broke his ankle, um, but a lot of those were relatively empty. He's throwing for like 400 yards a game, spreading it out. It was getting un- it was it was kind of strange the up and down style they had to play their defense wasn't that good at that time, but Dak Prescott with this defense with what they've been able to accomplish this year, you got to give him his props. Yeah, and you know, we've had a conversation a few times this year about how truly bad quarterback play has been this season in the NFL. So when you have somebody like Dak Prescott, who is 
I think, you know, he's absolutely positioned himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, at least for this season. It's so valuable to have out there. Because you said, like, Geno Smith's a fine quarterback to have. There's no problem with him at all. But, you know, he can't elevate your squad, I think, like Dak Prescott can when he's playing healthy and he's taking care of the football. You said that it's the best football that he's played. It reminds me of his 2021 season, which was very good. 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He ran well. He almost threw for 5,000 yards. That was the season where, you know, I thought that Dak Prescott really arrived and then he got hurt. And so we never got to kind of see the next step in what he was able to do. And I think that we're finally seeing kind of the pieces come together for him. And, you know, it's shocking what happens to a quarterback when you put a good offensive line in front of him. Yeah, it, it is shocking. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yes, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. It's pretty phenomenal. But that, that old line is aging. I wonder how that's going to work. I mean, Tyron Smith does not have much longer in this league, although he has been phenomenal for years. But they did draft Tyler Smith. Terrence Steele's relatively young. Um, Zach Martin, they're going to have to think about at some point what's going to happen with him. But that is a uh, that is a good O line that they've had there for quite a while. But you, you sort of wonder when they're going to have to retool it, and they've already tried to retool it as the years have gone along. But the Cowboys sit at nine and three right this second. I don't know if they're going to catch the Eagles. It's going to be hard to do that. Obviously, they're going to have the head to head matchup to go make that happen. Um, but this Cowboys team last night, you just sort of got to tip the cap, winning a game against a tougher opponent in a shootout when your defense didn't have it, you, you give all the props to Dak Prescott. Now, in college football, I want to start by uh, going to the transfer portal really quick because I, I find some of the conversation around the transfer portal a little bit annoying. Um, now, we've had a bunch of guys hop in. Dante Moore, uh, quarterback at UCLA, has, has hopped into the portal. NC State quarterback MJ Morris hopped in the portal um, because he, he ended up sitting out um, after winning, uh, he went 3-1 and one in a stretch of season, sat out and said he was going to hop in. That's no surprise, uh, but he'll end up somewhere relatively big. But the one that really has been bothersome to me, and I don't know if you've been seeing this, Connor, the, the conversation around DJ Uyagalule. A lot of people say, oh, get a job. Find a job, DJU. We're, you're going on your third school now. Isn't this getting old? Maybe you're just not that good. You see all these comments out there going after DJ Uyangalule. And I don't quite understand it. He hopped in the transfer portal because his coach left, and we have him likely pursuing a fifth year to see if he can raise his NFL draft stock, do that type of thing. But all of the people out there acting as if he is a bad player is so strange to me. This is a guy who accounted for 27 total touchdowns, only seven INTs, on the number 20 team in the country. And for those that want to look at, you know, a fifth-year starter, fifth-year quarterback as some negative thing, look at the top three quarterbacks in the Heisman race this year and then shut your mouth. I think that's what you need to do. Michael Penix, fifth-year starter. Fifth-year starter and a transfer. Bo Nix, fifth-year starter and a transfer. And, of course, Jaden Daniels, fifth-year starter. And what else? A transfer. So at some point, you really have to look yourself in the mirror and realize this is the new age of college football, and with COVID and everything else, we're going to run out of the COVID eligibility years, and we'll be able to do our eligibility math a little bit better going into the future. But DJU has shown that he's a very good and useful quarterback at this level, and I imagine he will land on his feet in somewhere relatively large. I hope so, because I agree with you. I find the conversations ridiculous, especially when you go and you look at his history and why he has left places. If we want to be completely honest about it, what this is is it's Dabo's scapegoating campaign worked. It worked. He threw dispersions on DJ. He acted like the entire season was on his shoulders and had nothing to do with him, had nothing to do with the Clemson team he built around him, had nothing to do with the program he ran, ran DJ out of Clemson. So then this season when he's going to leave again, people were assuming, oh, it's because he can't get it done there, when in reality it's because of circumstance. Why would he stay after his coach's leave? It doesn't make any sense. So I don't understand why people are, are, are up in arms about him moving on, especially when you said, go look at the Heisman candidates this year. All of them are fifth-year transfers. It's part of college football now. It's a new day and age of college football. Get used to it. This is what we're yeah. going to see. To be quite honest, I want to see him go somewhere to where he can be successful because I think he got treated so poorly when he was at Clemson. In the last two years, after that nasty year at Clemson where he really did struggle, nine uh, TDs to ten interceptions, and that was sort of the fall-off of the Clemson program, if you will. They just did not look that good that year, and they've been trending in the wrong direction ever since. That was the year after Trevor Lawrence was done. Um, but since that year, 43 TDs to 14 INTs, and he's ran for upwards of 400 yards. Like, be real 
with how useful this guy is. He's playing on a good team in the Pac-12, and he had a really good season that helped them get to a top-20 ranking. That doesn't happen all that often at Oregon State. So just check yourself a little bit and understand what you're saying when you're telling this guy to go get a job. He'll find a job. And I'd imagine at some point, and I'm not saying he's going to be some high pick that we thought he was going to be when he came into relief for Trevor Lawrence against Notre Dame, that whole thing where he had, what, four or five touchdowns. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be the NFL draft prospect we thought he was going to be then, but this is a guy who's probably going to be able to carve out a role and, and get a chance at the next level. So... Just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, now, championship week is here uh, tonight, Oregon versus Washington in, in, uh, in Allegiant Stadium. It'll be on ABC at 7 o'clock. I am just dumbfounded by this line, though, Connor. Nine and a half is, is really hefty. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that look at that line and they say they want to just lay the points just because it feels like Vegas is trying to make you take the Washington side. But that is a massive, massive line. You have to win by 10 points. Oregon has to win by 10 points in the Pac-12 championship to go cover that. And I think that Washington, you know, in that, in that first game where they played them, they showed that no matter what you think your defense is capable of, they have guys on the offensive side that can beat you. You may think you have the best uh, defensive backs in the country, but who do they have? Roma Dunsey, right? Jalen Polk. They had Jalen McMillan for a while. But they have a lot of weapons that they can take advantage of and make you Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Feel relatively normal. Now, Oregon is, I think, the most balanced team we've seen in the Pac-12 so far um, this year. And I would, I would project them to win the game, maybe not by nine and a half points. Um, but offensively, defensively, they have shown that I think more so than any other team that's headed into the Big Ten next year, I think they're most equipped to be able to handle that type of schedule and beef up with some of those bigger teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, can, can you do like an explain it to me like I'm five kind of moment here? Because I do not understand how a team that beat Oregon is, is a nine-and-a-half-point underdog going into this game. With, well, with a higher well, ranked well, team well, if I'm, I'm going to explain it to you like you're five, we would – go back, and we would check the latest of scores. I, I would look at, uh, after they beat Oregon, how have they played since then? And they've won every game. They're 12-0, and and you get respect for that. But 15-7 to against a bad Arizona State team, 42-33, to and if it weren't for a Stanford drop ball, they could have lost that game against Stanford. Against USC, 52-42. to It couldn't really hold down that offense. Utah 35-28 when Utah has a backup quarterback. Oregon State 22-20, and I'm not shaming them. I think that was a good win, especially on the road, but 22-20, very, very close game. And then finally, they end the year in the Apple Cup against a Washington State team that is just reeling and struggling, and they only win 24-21 on a last-second field goal. So they have been just trending in this direction of playing close games with inferior competition, whereas you look on the other side of the – whole thing, and Oregon has just been wiping the floor with people at that same time. They beat Washington State 38-24, Utah 35-6 at Utah. I mean, just 
wasn't even close. Cal, 63-19. USC, 36-27. Arizona State, that team that Washington only beat 15-7 at their place, they beat them 49-13. Oregon State, 31-7. I mean, like, it, these two teams are trending in, wrong dire- or in, in, in completely different directions, but they've won all of those games down the stretch in their season to give themselves this opportunity. So take the line out of it because it's so big. You expect Oregon to win this game? Yes, I do expect. Um, I think ultimately, like, Bucky Irving is a heck of a running back, and they also have a nice little uh, one-two punch with Jordan James. Um, Bo Nix has been phenomenal so far He's this been year. been great. And the biggest thing about Bo Nix is he has not turned the ball over. They're, they're one of the nation's leaders in turnover differential at this point in the year. Uh, their defense can beef up with you. Um, and I think there was times in that first game, even at Washington, they made Michael Penix a little bit uncomfortable. Made him have to think a little bit. If it weren't for Dan Lanning, like if we look at that first game realistically, it was 33-29, to 29, and Dan Lanning was on the Washington side of the field, I think about the 47-46. He decided to go for it on fourth and three. That was the difference in the game. If you punt it down, try to pin them, I know Michael Penix has the chance to uh, go down, whatever, 95 yards, 99 yards if you give him the opportunity. Um but I feel like you, you needed to make him do that in that situation. They didn't. And then also think about the fact Oregon at Washington missed a field goal to go tie up the game at the end that would have sent them into overtime. And it was not some long field goal. It was right down the middle. It was, uh, I think, somewhere like 42-some-odd yards. So Oregon has shown, even when Washington was clicking on all cylinders, they're capable of beating them. So I I, I get that, you know, Oregon is is my favorite. I get that Oregon's the favorite, but a favorite by 10 points, though, in particular, is a lot. Is a lot. So what does it do for, let's say Oregon wins this game, what does it do for the college football playoff hopes? They're in, I would think. Really? I would think for the most part, yeah. You have a Pac-12 winner, 12-1. Obviously, you have to wait to see what happens. Alabama beating Georgia would cause a lot of chaos. Um, but based on what Alabama did last week, I'll talk about that in a second. I don't know if I can really get on board with him beating Georgia. Um but I think Oregon would ultimately be in, right? That would be a massive win. It'd be a massive win, and they'd avenge their only loss. I think the committee would do everything they could in their power to get them in the, the college football playoff four. And also, if you've just been sort of reading between the lines, they've been ahead of Texas. They've been ahead of um, Alabama right. all year. Right. So it seems like the college football playoff committee's already given them that in. Hey, if you win this game against Washington— we're going to do everything in our power to get It would be weird if, if Oregon won and Alabama won and they had Alabama jump Oregon when all season they've been ranking Oregon ahead of Alabama. Yep. Yep. But, yep. you know, the committee is the committee. Now, so. Georgia versus Alabama, this one's interesting. Uh, I, I've been leaning Alabama this entire year, but that game against Auburn, I know you could say it's the Iron Bowl and weird things happen in Jordan Hare, but that thing, that definitely uh, convinced me to uh, change my tune. When it came to them versus Georgia. Now, we know that Nick Saban is 7-0 and in Atlanta, um, and he's undefeated in SEC championships, so that definitely feeds to him. Um, Kirby is only 1-4 and against Nick Saban. The only time he got over top was in the national championship uh, two years ago. But I think just sort of looking at, at you know context clues like Alabama, no Jace McClellan, Georgia is really good in their secondary. Um I think it'll be a really tough time for Jalen Milrow to spread the ball around throwing it the way he has. They're going to have to use his legs, but is Georgia's run defense you know, something that, that Alabama can exploit the way their O-line has been all year? I don't necessarily think so. I, I, I'm probably, I, I have gone all the way back to leaning to Georgia in that game. Why has Georgia not been discussed this season as dominant as they usually have the last two seasons when they are undefeated. And when you go and you look at their ranked games and some of the big opponents, they're burying people. But they're just not talked about as like the same way that they were the last two years. Is it because are we becoming snow blind to Georgia's dominance, or is it because that defense doesn't have, you know, a it's, ton it's of pros a mix on of it both, like it does every Connor, because sometimes you just get bored. Right. Right? It's like, oh, this oh a three-peats on the table, whatever, we'll see. I mean, they've beaten we'll the hell them. out of people this we'll year. We'll watch them once they get to the playoff. That's generally the thought. Um but I think also to your point that you're you're trying to make there, they have lost a lot of talent the last two years, a lot of name value, right? And yeah, you have some guys in the secondary, Malachi Starks in particular, that's sort of that name brand type of guy. But you do, there's no Jordan Davis, there's no Nolan Smith. They don't get after the quarterback very well. Uh, those linebackers have been depleted. Ultimately, you don't have Quay Walker. 
You don't have a, a guy from the Nicobe Dean, guy from the Eagles, right? So, like, you, you just don't really have the star power that this Georgia team's had the past couple of years. And Carson Beck is not as good of a story as Stetson Bennett was over the last two years. Stetson Bennett at five foot eleven, coming from JUCO, uh, sort of a party guy, like people sort of related to him. I don't think Carson Beck has that same pull. It's just not as star-studded as of a Georgia team. Well, and and they're it. also beating teams in a different way than they had the last two seasons. Like, the last two years, it has been defense first, dominance on that side of the football. And, and for some reason, I think when you And they still have some dominance, but it's they different. They're, it's they're, different. They're a back-end, defensive-back-oriented defense, whereas before, front seven, you have the platoon swaps and you have first-round right. talent on both platoons. Okay, like, that's not what this is this year. This is a team that is built in their secondary. So they're so they're built to to play a, a guy like Jalen Milrow. They just have to stop the quarterback run, stop the run. But I know Alabama has been a lot better down the stretch. I don't know if they're equipped to run the ball at the rate they have against a team like Georgia. So I, I think I'll lean Georgia, and I think five points. I think I can win by a score. I think they can win by a score. But again, if Alabama wins this game – your guess is as good as mine about how the committee decides they want to handle Georgia. Because I have no earthly idea. I would, la- I would lean to the fact that I'd imagine the committee would find every way to get them in because they've won the last two uh, national championships. They've been number one all year. I'd lean to the fact that they'll likely try to get them in. But I don't know, with, all, with the potential for other undefeated teams, I don't know what's going to happen there. It would be... I mean, it would be tough to leave out the two-time defending national champion when their only loss in three years is to Alabama in the SEC championship game. It would be hard to justify that, but you do have other teams that have made cases. It's just, it's kind of a, you know, the the, the perfect storm for leaving Georgia out well, is starting Texas, to form. Texas beat Alabama, right? If they win their championship, they're going to have their case. That's and if what Alabama the gets in. It's it's the Texas over, over Georgia. Alabama. You start to do team math though. Team math is very tough to deal with. It's very <laughs> I was tough. told there'd be no math. Exactly. But it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of make sense of. Um final one I want to talk about is the ACC championship game because this is another one that could throw a wrench into everybody's thoughts because everybody wants to leave out Florida State right now because they're down to a backup quarterback and Tate Rotomaker, but we learned today the Tate Rotomaker is likely going to be out, and that would put in Brock Glenn from Lausanne, freshman quarterback, um, in there to face off against Louisville in the ACC championship. Now, I am of the opinion, and I said this on Wednesday, there is no world where I can rationalize if Florida State wins this game that they're out. But a third-string quarterback definitely throws a wrench into every conversation um, that we could possibly have around them. If they're 13-0... I think the committee will – cooler heads will prevail and, and things will happen and they'll get in. But um, having Brock Glenn in there for this game in particular, I don't really know how this all ends up. Florida State was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, that line's certainly going to move around. I think it moved to one-and-a-half with the news of Tate Rotomaker being out. But Florida State has a chance to put the college football playoff committee on notice. And quite frankly, I want them to win. Just so I know what the college football playoff is thinking going forward. Do you favor eye test or do you favor, truthfully, um, the metrics that you sort of stand by? Strength of record, strength of schedule, that whole thing. Uh, being undefeated, not having any losses. What, what does it mean to the committee? What does the committee actually choose? I think if Florida State wins this game, we get more clarity on that going forward. And I kind of want to see that. Yeah, I agree with you. If they win, they deserve to be it. The only possible scenario that I can see happening is that if Alabama beats Georgia, it makes a very awkward conversation be discussed at the committee. They will have to decide. Florida State, undefeated, champion. But we've got Alabama, 12-1, SEC champion. You have Georgia, 12-1. They didn't win the championship, but they haven't lost in three years, and their only losses to the SEC champion. What do we do? By what they've said... Florida State should get in. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yes, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And it's also going to be very interesting to see what happens in Vegas tomorrow night. I know we have the Pac-12 championship tonight, but tomorrow night in Allegiant, we're going to have Boise State visiting UNLV for the Mountain West Conference Championship. And my guy, Barry Odom, 
has led that UNLV team to a 9-3 and regular season record with a chance to go win the Mountain West, their first Mountain West Conference championship appearance in their history of being in the Mountain West, 25 years. Barry has been selected as a finalist, semifinalist for uh, – National Coach of the Year. He was the Mountain West Coach of the Year. And you know what? He's going to join the show next. So let's uh, take no more time. Let's go ahead and get to a break. We'll be back with Barry Odom, 929 FM ESPN. Back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And it's not every day that we have a National Coach of the Year finalist on the show or the uh, Mountain West Coach of the Year, but we have it today. Barry Odom, UNLV head football coach, before he takes on Boise State in the Mountain West Championship, joins the Gabe Coon Show on X at Coach underscore Odom. Coach, what's happening? How are you? What's up, guys? I'm doing great, man. I hope everybody in Memphis is doing awesome. And, um... You know, again, I'll go back to the three years that we lived there. Uh, some of the funnest memories for myself and and our family living there. Uh, we still keep in touch with so many people in the area, and it, that that city was great to us. And and uh, everywhere we've been, we've had we've made good friends and had great experiences, and and uh, they all lead to to where we are now. And excited about the chance to compete and win a championship. And our team's worked really hard to get where we are, and, and uh, tomorrow will be a great day in the city of Vegas. Now, let me ask you this. How much did you learn? I mean, when, when we talk about sort of the success at the group of five level and what you and, uh, you and uh, Fuente and all the guys sort of figured out, the formula that got this program off the ground, how much, uh, how much do you sort of use that in regards to, to what you've been able to do at, at uh, UNLV? Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. – this... Yeah, you, you always learn from your experiences, you know, good and bad. Uh, right. and, and you hope to apply them in the next opportunity. And that, that is the case here. There's been a, you know, a number of things that I feel like as a, as a coach and then on staffs that I've been on that, that we've done really well. And then there's some things that like, man, that, that's, that didn't really turn out the way we thought it was going to on either a recruiting approach or structure of practice, some recruiting thoughts, but I think there are a lot of similarities from when we started at Memphis together so when right. we started here last December, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think some of it has to do with being in the city. Uh, you know, although Vegas is, uh, you know, two and a half million people, <laughs> right. a little bit larger. Um, there were some similarities, at, at least foundationally, on on how we started building that. You know, you go back to our uh, winter conditioning program. Some of the things that that we did still there um, at, at Memphis. Some of the same drills we incorporated this year with our off season program. Um, and then practice structure. I always, after I left Memphis and went to Missouri as the head coach, there are some things that I took from, from what coach Fuente did, uh, from a practice format and, and, you know, put those into play with our team, but every team's different, you know, that, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the things that we've been able to establish in our, uh, the weight room, how important that was to us and our development, we lift heavy three times a week, still, um, you know, into week 14 of the season. And I think that's really helped us. I think the, the way that we've recruited, it took really the foundational approach of what we did at, at Arkansas, the, you know, in an SEC blueprint and put mm-hmm. it in play here in a number of things that we're doing. And uh, we've got a lot of really good players. We've got a great staff that, that's really uh, bought in and led this team to where we are today. But it's still just, I mean, we were talking about year one for you. It's so hard to uh, make that, you know, find wins in year yeah. one, generally speaking. But this is the first winning season uh, in Las Vegas since 2013, second since 2000, the first nine-plus win season since, what, 1984? What 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 yeah. is sort of, what do you... Yeah, I get you. What do you sort of attribute that early success to, though? Because that is not that's not well, easy to do. That I, didn't happen at Memphis. No, it, it is. Winning's hard. It's hard everywhere. But I think, you know, you look at, we had a lot of uh, turnover in our roster. We've got 52 to 55 new faces on the team this year that weren't here last year. The guys that ended up staying from last year's team, uh, we've got some really good playmakers. Ricky White, uh, uh, I think, yep. should be an All-American wide receiver. He's got over 1,300 yards receiving. Our quarterback play is really good. we got four outstanding running backs and our offensive line coach vice has done a tremendous job with you know really blending that group together coach chivas our special teams coordinator is he's got to be the the special teams coach of the year 
uh, on any level. We're uh, tops in return game on punt and uh, kick return. That's been solid. And then uh, on defense, we've been you know fortunate to be able to create takeaways. That's been big. Our turnover margin has been huge. And then we've gotten better every single week uh, on the field of play. And you know we still. We haven't played our best game yet, and I'm sure hopeful that, that we get that achieved tomorrow. Yeah, and it always seems like you brought up uh, Coach Shebest. It always seems like he's got a Lou Groza Award finalist, doesn't he? Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. yeah. We, Consistently. Uh, Jake Kelly still making, obviously, big-time kicks at the NFL. He had Hornsby, I think, won the Lou Groza one year. Or, yeah, uh, Ray Guy. Yeah, Ray Guy, that's right. The yep. Ray Guy Award, yeah, Hornsby, and then uh, – you know, he had a guy at Botech, and then, and then obviously our guy Jose Pizano this year. Chiefs has done a heck of a job. Yeah, he find he finds a way to find those guys. No question about it. Now, um, one of the big stories about your guys' team is offensively. You have a coach by the name of Brendan Marion runs the go go offense. Now, for for my listeners, uh, can you somehow uh, sort of uh, give me the synopsis of of what what you expect to see when it comes to uh, Brendan and how he uh, goes about running that offense? He's done a great job really in every stop that he's been, uh, either as a position coach or coordinator, on building a system and a scheme that, that showcases the player's talents. And I don't know, if you're a running back, a quarterback, or a receiver, uh, or even a tight end, if anywhere in the country, and you want to play great offensive football, you would, you would come here and play in this system. Um, explosive in the run game, that number one, the foundation of it, we're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean hour 25 times a game we're going to be creative and there's some triple option aspects to it uh trying to put stress on the perimeter of the defense we've got a power game inside and then that opens up play action and vertical shots down the field we play with different elements of tempo there's times that it's fast there's times we huddle um so i think there's enough diversity as i'm looking at it through a defensive lens there's enough diversity that causes problems that that puts a team in conflict and when we can run the ball, that opens up everything else for us offensively. And y'all go by committee in the backfield, right? I mean, I think you have uh, five guys over 50 touches, 50 carries this year. Yeah, we've got a number of guys that have really, they it's hard to keep them off the field. Um, right. uh, we, we've got more rushing touchdowns than anybody in college football this year. Uh, we've got a freshman that, that is leading the country in freshman scores. We've got two seniors that have been very dynamic, and everybody's a little bit different. You know, we've got a couple power guys. We've got a change of change of pace guys with guys with great quickness and speed, and it just has blended really well together. Mm-hmm. Now, what is it like in Vegas right now? I know that uh, your program is not one that in the past has been sort of the the only show in town, but it seems like that's going to be sort of the case in Vegas come Saturday. Well, you look at everything. I mean, every single week there's something going on here, which is, is great. I mean, there, there's a championship vibe. There's a feel for uh, hunger. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. For you know our, our college football team to have a, enough space here in the sports mecca of the world to make some noise, and we've done that, is great fan following. Uh, the Pac-12 championship game is here tonight. Yep. Uh, so it's already kind of feels like, you know, the, the uh, championship vibe is already in the city. Um, you know, the, the opportunities that of all the things that are here, the Amazon is hosting the biggest conference in all the world. So uh, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. There's just so many things that are happening. Um, the Golden Knights are, are starting their season. You know, the Raiders, obviously, every single weekend there's something. And, and this week, the marquee matchup is uh, our program on trying to compete and go win a championship for the first time uh, in in modern-day history. Now, when it comes to, like, the entertainment value of that city, we know how high it is. Um, and I, we've always sort of asked the question, what if UNLV football was good? What is the fan engagement like? What has it been like this year? Um I mean, uh, it's got to be substantially different than it's been there in a while. 
Yeah, I think you know the one thing I, I and I've told anybody that would listen. I don't I don't want to be judged on anything that happened before we got here. Right. And so, you know, we tried to make inroads in the city and recruiting, uh, establish real relationships with the city and make it make it Vegas's team. And they followed. They they've come out suggesting, well, you know, and it'll it'll be a, a split crowd tomorrow, being a championship game, but uh, we'll have a great crowd. It'll be a great following. And and playing in Allegiant Stadium, Gabe is. You know, it's it's unlike playing anywhere else. It's one of the finest football facilities in the entire world. So uh, we got a great thing going, and and I I believe when this job came open and was able to get it, I, I think it can be one of the elite programs in in all of college football. Now, your quarterback's a freshman, Jaden Maiava. I believe he was recruited by the last staff. What have you seen in him down the stretch of the season that has has led you to start him and, and play him so much? He's been very successful as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's mature for a freshman. And, you know, the way that he's continued to, to improve, he's played better every sing, single week. He prepares uh, like a starter, and he has been since the day I got here. Um, and then I think the game has slowed down for him, you know, from week to week, and he's making great reads. He's got terrific arm talent. He's tough. Um, and really, you look at his leadership style um, for a freshman. He's very stoic, and we, we sure uh, appreciate the way – that he has played with great toughness, and he has he has made our offense go. Yeah. So when it comes to recruiting and and sort of, uh, you've had one class. You're going to go on your second class here. How do you go about that? Do you do you sort of stick to the West Coast, or do you sort of go nationally when it comes to bringing in guys like Jaden? Our focal point is the city of Vegas. Uh, okay. There's 36 high schools here, and there's enough talent in the city, and some good high schools at that. They play yeah, football. We're going to win a championship with them. We also looked. LA's three and a half hours. Uh, Phoenix is about four, four and a half hours. And then you can go anywhere and get to Vegas in a direct flight. So we're heavy in, in Dallas. We're heavy in Houston. We're heavy in Kansas City, all areas that I've known and recruited for the last 20 years plus, and our staff. So um, we're going to be a, a Vegas team, but also we're we're a national team. And um, I think there's there's great players in the places – you know, from Memphis and all the different places that I've been, our staff's been, uh, we're going to go find guys that fit to what we're doing schematically, but also they like ball. They like the, they like, uh, the process of what it takes to become a champion. Um, now, to your uh, opponent this weekend, um, Boise State. We've gotten to see them here in, in, in Memphis. Memphis beat them 35-32. to 32. I'm sure you've watched a little bit of film on that. Um, but when it comes to what you need to neutralize – uh, for that Boise State team, uh, who 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 is at the top of that list? Is it is it the running back Ashton Genty? Yeah, you look. He's the leading receiver, and he's a fifteen hundred yard rusher, leading receiver on their team. And he is. They have improved as the season has gone on. Uh, they're playing their best ball, and it's all focal point around him and their quarterback. And and uh, we've got to be able to be. Uh, really good in our fits, and then we got to be great tacklers. And we can't give up explosive plays. Uh, we got to find a way to control the line of scrimmage. And if we can do those things on defense, we're going to have to score some points on offense um, because you know Boise has not been held to here as of late. They're they're becoming an explosive team, and uh, we've got to be able to neutralize the running game as much as possible. And then, as far as the quarterback is concerned, Taylor Green hadn't been the season that he he is expected by any stretch of the imagination, production wise. But he's a guy who can get out of the pocket and hurt you with his legs. Uh, what kind of what kind of plan do you guys have to make sure that doesn't happen? Um, he, he's definitely got some talent, some good physical attributes. Absolutely, I mean six five, six six, and and uh, you know he's got really good speed. Um, that they, they're going to do enough in the quarterback run game that they can expose you really, really quickly uh, if you're not fit the right way in the in the RPO world. Plus, the quarterback power, quarterback run game, uh, he's dynamic enough to take over a game with his skill set. So, you know, tremendous challenge, great opportunity for for us to play against a really good team. And you know, when when the championships on the line, obviously you got to be right, and you got to be right for four quarters. Yep. Now, last thing for you, Coach. I know when it comes to being nine and three at uh, UNLV, you probably get uh, some whispers about other jobs, and other people sort of talk about it out there in the, in in the, in the media. How do you handle those conversations, and how do you uh, sort of deal with making the first thing the the main thing, the main thing? 
Yeah, the, the, I think you get this point in the year, and if you've had, if your team has had success, there are going to be individual accolades. There's going to be awards. There's going to be uh, job opportunities uh, that your name is brought up, um, and that should be a, a great reflection of of having a good year. Um, you know, so those things uh, are always going to happen. I think I've learned over time just through experience and. Um, if, if you don't take care of where your feet are, um, then then you're not going to do everything for your current team. And then mm-hmm. they, uh, the the opportunity for us to win a championship is you know so important not only uh, to our team but our athletic department and our university and and the city of Vegas. So um, our guys have done a great job on staying focused on on what we got to do, prepare really well, and, and still striving to, to try to play our best game. Yeah, and I know the main thing's the main thing, and you have a game on the way, but there was the announcement today for the Mountain West Conference, a, uh, a, a crossover schedule with Oregon State and Washington State. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's exciting for our league. Uh, it fits geographically, obviously, and, and two really good teams uh, that, that will have an opportunity to uh, compete against, uh, sounds like, you know, at least one of them next year and mm-hmm. uh, however the schedule uh, plays out with that. But, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, it's it's the landscape of college football will will never be, you know, what we thought it was or right. what it was, you know, even three years ago. Things changed so much. So, you know, the Mountain West Conference is in year 25. It's a really, really strong brand. You look at what this conference has a, a established and accomplished over its history, and, and it's one of the strongest, most uh, stable leagues in college football. And mm-hmm. now we're adding two uh, really good opponents for next year and two members, and um, it'll be a fun year getting into 2024. Well, excited for you, uh, excited for the guys. You know, Coach Vice, Coach Shebus, tell them, give them my best. And you guys, uh, good luck. Good luck. Come up tomorrow. I, I appreciate it, man. Tell, uh, tell everybody hi and, and – uh, in the 901, uh, we miss you guys. Yes, Take sir. Care. Absolutely. All right. That is Barry Odom head. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.